0: This is a Hot Pie Media Original. Hi, welcome to the Amy Edwards Show. I'm your host, Amy Edwards. Stoked that you're here today because we're going to talk about heart health and health care. I know, I know. My instinct too is always like, oh God. But no, it's really, really good. And it really, really matters. And we have two experts, two amazing heart doctors in today. They have a practice called Heart, Endovascular, and Rhythm of Texas. It's Drs. Nima Amjadi and Dr. Charles Bailey. So excited to share this conversation with you today because I just believe so much in it and that this is something that is so easy for us to um, brush away till later, Right. And then later, there's something wrong. So, we're going to talk about it today. So excited. A little bit of business up top. Um, if you haven't signed up for the newsletter, please do. It's at amyedwards.com. And we have one minute Mondays too that are just a little quote and a little something from me every Monday to help keep you motivated and feeling tip top at the top of the week. Um, Also, rate and review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. And if you can on Apple Podcasts, let us know in the reviews who some of your favorite guests have been. I am very curious. The whole team is very curious. So if you can make time for that, super grateful and hit that five stars too. All right. So let's get into it today. So happy you're here because it's all about transforming life and rocking life and making us our best selves together with little steps forward all the time. Let's do it. Hey, you guys, I'm going to tell you about sovereignty, why I love them and why I'm excited to share about it and stick around for a unique discount code at the end. So sovereignty is creating game-changing supplements that take our workouts to the next level. They make our to-do list feel super duper easy. They make falling asleep easier. That's nice. And they just make your days brighter and your sleep better. Isn't that good? My fave, of course. Purpose Plus. So if you feel like you're out of focus, a little foggy, something like that, need a little extra push in the motivation department, well, you can have a better day, maybe even the best day every day with Purpose Plus. It's a blend of CBD, CBG, which is a mood enhancing hemp derived ingredient. There's also seven clinically studied ingredients with the world's best adaptogens in order to deliver results that you can feel right away. So the supplement empowers and supports your mind and body to feel better, be better and achieve new levels of productivity you know, that's like a song to my heart. I mentioned sleep too. It's all about that proper recovery. We talk a lot about that in today's episode and their product Dream Plus really facilitates this. It relaxes and calms the mind and body while helping you fall asleep and stay asleep longer. So it's Dream Plus. It contains five clinically studied ingredients, CBD and CBN and adaptogens to help heal your body from the day while you sleep. If you for any reason you are not happy with your results, guess what? You can get your money back because they offer a money back guarantee on your first purchase within the first 30 days. How rad is that? You know, they stand behind their product when they offer that for sure. I love it. I use purpose on the reg with every show really too. And it just, it gives me a very lucid, very clear focus without a crash. And I I'll drink it late in the day too. I'll drink it at like um, like today we're recording at what three four o'clock. And so and I'll sleep just fine. And you know what? If I need a little dream plus, I'll drink maybe half of one of those too. But uh, you'll feel fine. You'll be able to fall asleep. At least I know that it's been working for me. So use code Amy for twenty percent off your purchase. Find out no risk. Remember. 30 day money back guarantee why I love sovereignty supplements so much. So go to sovereignty.co use code Amy to get 20% off your first order. dot co or Sov S O V dot live. All right, let's get started. I have a couple of things on my mind that we're going to talk about before we get into our awesome conversation with Drs. Charles Bailey and Dr. Nima Amjadi. They are of Heart, Endovascular, and Rhythm of Texas. And I have not even cared in my life about my heart health, really, except for the fact that I have high cholesterol. And I've been told that it's genetic, you know. And so I've tried to control that some, but God, I like butter. Anyway, though, I've gotten it pretty well under control, but I haven't paid any attention to my heart health and here I am almost 50. So it's been really cool to start thinking about that in a proactive way rather than a reactive way. right? So we're going to get into all that. First off, I want to talk for just a few minutes today about commitment. I've been thinking about commitment and what we're committed to in our life. And I just wanted to encourage you as we build our habits as we you know work on becoming our best selves and all the things that we do here i was just thinking about what we're really truly committed to and if we're living in that way and i started thinking about what i'm really committed to and it was an interesting thing for me to think about i think justin and i had had a discussion about that not too long ago a few days ago actually And we were talking about, he was just like, I'm committed to you. And my response, because I've been dating for three years, was, yeah, as long as, you know, if if you're committed to me, I'm going to show up how you're committed to me. I'll show up and reflect that. And I had to sort of step back. After I said that to him, I think it kind of hurt his feelings. It did. He said so. And so I was like, hmm, maybe I need to reevaluate this now and how I'm approaching the commitment in my love relationship and how committed i am and i mean we're not just dating anymore you know he is showing up we're in a serious relationship and a committed relationship so i had to say okay maybe there's a step past this um dating scenario where you're like oh, i'll see how you show up and then i will reflect that back and and be in that same commitment space that you're in. I had to say, you know what? No, I'm actually really committed to this. I'm committed to showing up. I'm committed to showing up as my best self. Excuse me. And so I just would encourage you to evaluate how you're feeling about commitment. And as you think about commitment, not to get too overwhelmed by it, because I think it's just an overwhelming thing because you go, oh my God, what the rest of my life you know, or something like that. No, we can commit for today. We can commit for right now. And even just this conversation that we have today with the doctors, like, how are you committed to your own health? How committed are you? And it's hard because then you end up thinking about, oh God, now I got to lose weight or get healthy in these certain specific ways or reduce my stress, whatever it is. How committed are you to that? And how's that going to affect your daily actions and not overwhelm you in a way where you're like, well, shit, I might as well give up because I can't do that for years to come. I can't do that for, you know, the rest of my life, you know, but can you do it today? Can you do it today? And that is actually a really beautiful part of commitment because then I can look at even the relationship and I go, no, I'm really committed to this and I'm really in this, you know, and yes, of course, if he stepped out, you'd reevaluate, or if your partner stepped out, you'd reevaluate, but, but would you, I don't know, because if you're committed to your family, even if my daughter steps out or tries to do something like that, I'm still committed to her and that's never, ever going to change. So where can you bring that level of commitment into your relationship? or your health or your commitment to your own well-being yourself your betterment or even your goals where it's just not even an option i think aubrey marcus posted something on his instagram the other day and i think that's kind of where this started coming from for me because i read that and it got me thinking about commitment i'm looking it up right now as we speak here it is So let's see. He wrote, Commitment is the end of questioning. It is go until you fail, fix it until it is unfixable with your shield or with your shield or on it. Commitment's scary, but the gift of commitment is that when you're committed, there's no torturous anxiety about what you should do. That's right. It takes all the questions out. You just go, Yeah, I don't cheat. I don't eat that. I don't, um, I don't neglect my kids, right? Because, you're showing up in a very committed way. And, uh, I don't, I don't even know that it's go until you fail. I think it's go past fail. You just, you just go, there's, there's no fail. You just keep, keep going. Right. So anyway, I just thought that that was really an interesting thing to explore, especially as we talk about health and talk about like committing forward to being our best selves. And that includes our physicality. So I'm excited to talk to them about that. Um, Let's see. A couple of the things I wanted to address were um, that I turned 49 last week. (laughs) Happy birthday to me. So let's see. This is coming out in September, but I'm recording it uh, in real time. I turned 49 last week. So I have committed to something new, speaking of commitment, and I committed to not living another day in doubt cuz i do it still all the time or i was doing it still all the time and i i would even go through like just these down cycles where i just get down and like doubt my purpose and doubt like am i making any impact what am i doing do i know what i'm doing you know all the questions and i just decided i'm not going to live another day like that i've done it for f- 49 years now i guess or however long who knows but i'm not going to do that anymore so i'm going to commit to that and I guess that means that you just know exactly what you're doing, not there's no question of what you should do if you're committed, if I'm as committed to that as I am to my kids, what's that look like? It looks like that's just what you do, period. That's just how you show up. <laughs> Hope this is making sense to you um. All right. Uh, Speaking of kids, the last thing that I want to share today is something that I shared on my Instagram a bit ago. And I just want to bring it to your attention too, because a lot of people reached out to me about it. And a lot of my friends over the last few years have talked to me about it. And they always say, Oh my gosh, send me that. I love that. Or if people come over to my house, they remark on it because it's posted in one of the bathrooms. And that is, I have two things up for my kids one is house rules. And one is room rules, house rules developed because I realized that I didn't know when I was growing up what my parents really expected of me and where the consequences were and where the freedom was and you know when they were going to trust me i just didn't i didn't have a good grasp of that my parents did a good job they did they really did but i i felt like that was very blurry and so i just decided to make it real clear for my kids so i wrote up my house rules they're up on my instagram and um i will try to share them on my story as this comes out too so uh but if you just scroll back a little bit, you'll find it. It's house rules and room rules. And the house rules I've got are as follows. Take care of what you've got. Treat everyone with respect. Be where you say you are. Be honest. Sleep when you're supposed to. And keep your grades up doing these things will result in freedom and happiness. Not doing these things will result in consequences. So pretty simple and straightforward. And when they break a rule, it falls into one of these categories, like, like sleep when you're supposed to. That covers sneaking out. You, you don't sneak out. You sleep when you're supposed to, right? I mean, you get off your phone. Be honest. Again, that's any lying, treat everyone with respect. There's any, you know, anything that's bullying, anything that's rude, anything, you know, behavior wise right there. Take care of what you've got that covers their rooms and all that, but their rooms blew up and were just a gigantic mess and I couldn't take it anymore. So I had to post some room rules to go with the house rules. I'm going to go over this really quick and then we're going to get to today's episode. The room rules are close off floor and put away, make bed every weekday, no trash or dirty dishes, no hidden or illegal substances. Keep your things organized and room is subject to surprise inspection, (laughs) which I have not enacted, but I might because I found some things in there, but we won't get into that. Uh, Let's just say they're out now. Um, And that is where this came from. So I just wanted to encourage you, if you're a parent, um, make it clear. And if you need something to refer to, I've got these for you. And I think, you know, just practically speaking, that's a really nice thing to have. And it gives kids a way to just know exactly what's expected. And honestly, gives you something too. Like I have to ask, like, aside from the grades thing, but am I abiding by that? Am I honest? Am I living in that way that I want them to live by, which is pretty cool right? Come on. All right. So let's get to today's episode. I'm so excited to welcome two doctors, Nima Amjadi and Dr. Charles Bailey. So they have their own practice at Heart Endovascular and Rhythm of Texas, H-E-A-R-T. Isn't that cute? And I went in, I got to go in and it is on my Instagram now, I get to go in and have a heart stress test and like find my baseline of heart health, which is super exciting. So, we're going to discuss that. Dr. Bailey is going to say exactly what that was and what that's like because you may be like me and be like, I have no clue. I don't, I still haven't had a colonoscopy. I don't know. Everybody talks about that. I don't know what it's like. I didn't know what a stress test was like. So, he's going to spell that out. You're going to know exactly what to expect and why that is a good thing. But first, we are going to talk about the healthcare industry and what's going on with that. And um, it's, it ain't, it ain't pretty. (laughs) You guys, it is not pretty. So uh, I'm, I think these are just such important conversations to have because our country is spending so much money on it. We spend so much money on it. We spend so much time on it and it is literally life and death. So, you know, it's, it's just important to keep in our attention and commit to paying attention to it. So um, I'm very excited to, to get to this today. Remember that you can find them at heartdoc.care, heartdoc.care. And they're just um, really wonderful people. And this uh, this was just a, an informative podcast that I think really, really matters. So I'm stoked that you're here. Uh, we'll have a wrap up at the end too. So stick around for that. Hey, do you want your clothes to keep you looking good and feeling great? (sniffs) Who doesn't? Right. That's how we dress these days. And Good Life Clothing is here for it. Let me tell you about Good Life Clothing. They address how we live now, right? We may not be dressing up, but we want to look good. It's made from the finest, highest quality materials. And their collection of premium essentials keeps you, yes, you guessed it, looking good and feeling great. I know. I wear it. I have it in my closet. And they just opened a new store here in Austin at the Domain Northside. So you can stop by their new Austin location and get 20% off in store when you mention my code, Amy20. But guess what? It's also good on your entire order online. And they have some really cute stuff for fall right now too. So go to goodlifeclothing.com. Remember, use your code amy20 amy20 and get 20 percent off your entire order elevate your game with good life how are you feeling good <laughs> have you done many podcasts none none zero.
1: zero. what about you it's like my hundredth or something
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna move your zero. mic up a little closer to you too right here
1: uh
0: have you have you done any podcasts
1: no no podcasts a couple no. of television things but no podcasts
0: how y'all feel about this exciting yeah you feel oh, excited yeah you're hiding it well you seem calm
2: it's a new adventure
0: it is a new adventure but y'all have so I want much a to share necklace is what i you want do it. you yeah. should you should channel your inner goddess absolutely <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because uh we all have an inner goddess you mm-hmm. know that's not limited to women mm-hmm. i don't think um well i'm really excited that you guys came today and stopped in and made the time because when we met and thank you Rana for that um I just was blown away by everything that you had to say and I really wanted to bring more expertise on people's wellness like holistically and physically to this show and so you guys are like my first like real experts Mm -hmm. I think to like with you know degrees behind your name so I'm really excited that you're here Mm -hmm. thank you for having us I'm so excited. And um, and just, you know, uh Nima, you wrote in in the questions that I sent you, you wrote that you care so much, and I know you both care so much about a patient's health journey and really taking care of that. And that's where I'm at in my own life. I think probably because I'm approaching 52, you know, and I want to um uh, be as conscientious about it without being reactive. Active rather than reactive. And um, I just thought your whole story about how you got to where you are with your own practice was so interesting. And I was wondering if you guys could share a little bit about that.
2: So just um, in general, when we're young, we take health for granted. It's it's just something that we have and we don't get sick very often. Um, and we frequently pay for the sins of our youth as we get older. And that's when you realize that health is not a guarantee or or something that can be taken for granted and you actually have to be a willing participant um, as you begin to navigate the healthcare system you you realize that there is uh, it's fairly complex uh, and has lots of pitfalls <laughs> that's um, like an understatement okay.
0: fairly it's, complex putting yes yes <laughs> uh,
2: so, so you learn a lot and i have um, i've seen both ends of this where i have been the family member with uh, a parent or someone in the hospital um, and I obviously do the, the, the doctor side of it. And, and you realize that it's for the layperson it's very difficult. And even for the professional, sometimes it's very hard to understand both the clinical side and, and the other parts of it. So we try to, um, model ourselves in, 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 um, resolving those challenges that I've seen myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: and then, um, my, my goals in general are, are fairly altruistic. I've, I've never been one to, uh. Be solely driven by finances and i appreciate the science of medicine um I, you know i like the practice of the evidence-based treatment and sometimes that involves doing nothing other than hand-holding um which is not often the case these days in medicine today we, we frequently do um, a lot of things to people because we can rather than they need it
0: I, that's what's so important so i did my ekg last week mm-hmm. dr bailey was there yeah
1: yeah it was uh I agree. I'm still paying for all the things that I did when I was young. So it catches up and you don't really pay much attention to it. Uh, I was a frustrated athlete and we're all, you know, I'm never going to play professional football or baseball. I'm not big enough to, but playing weekends constantly now, my shoulders hurt, my knees, my back. So it's a, it's a lot. If you start young and you get into the habits and uh, our parents didn't have as good of habits as we have.
0: I mean, oh not even close yeah no. you,
1: we exercise most of us try to eat right and stuff in this generation but
0: i never saw my parents exercise never never, never saw them. they were both born in 1936 so they were older and now and they both passed i know that your parents have passed mm-hmm. as well are your parents still around they still
2: are and they don't they exercise either,
0: <laughs> they yeah. are exercise no. either. Uh, well so many of us that's like a big first experience though as we get older we see our parents declining and you're like fuck, mm-hmm. you know, like, how do I handle that? And I know it was a big, a transformative experience for you. Did that influence you guys? Cause I want you to talk about how your business is outside the regular, you know, medical, um, what would you call it? Complex.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, first off, we, uh, we were friends for a long time, 25 mm-hmm. years or so we were together and it's rare that you'll get people to come together that, uh, have known each other a long time and they have experience, they haven't been working together. So it's not like a practice with new practitioners in it. We've been doing this for a long time. We're the old guys. So going through and yeah. they don't like to think that. So that's, to me, that's, what's unique about it. And also in, uh, in the environment that is in Austin and most cities now where most, uh, practices are employed by, uh, hospitals or other mm-hmm. corporations. Um, it, it's you don't get the same personal feeling that you do in a clinic where the employees are our employees. They work for us. They know us. You don't it's get like any family. personal feeling. Yeah, it, it can really. be pretty cold. Mm-hmm. And that's what's nice about this. It's not cold. It's it's very personal. What oh,
0: we're doing. That's good.
2: Um, when you say that we're outside the the, the standard model, I, I think um, maybe just to, to refine that just a little bit, we are traditional healthcare providers. Mm-hmm. Um I, I for many years w- worked on the other side and the question I always ask is is who is my loyalty to? Is it to my employer? Uh or am I advocating for my patients? Because sometimes there was a um a conflict uh as to the best course of action there. And you know, that's how we came about, which was to eliminate the the any any conflict. And and now our, our goals really are to provide the best evidence-based cost, um, uh, uh, cost-effective care that we can to patients.
0: Eliminate Uh, any, any problem, would you say? Conflict. 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 (laughs) What were your conflicts?
2: Um, the conflict was (laughs) with the, with the employers, right? The employers, um, had, um, for lack of better words, quotas or expectations. Uh, um, they're not legally allowed to tell you what to do, but it was not, um, it was not uncommon to be asked, you know, to choose one path versus another if that path was more lucrative for the hospital. Um, and, and, and how did we get
0: here? Medicine well,
2: by committee. <laughs> the, the root of evil in this world is money, and and medicine is big time money. We spend
0: that makes me so
2: sad. Twenty percent of our gross domestic product on healthcare.
1: And it's, it's not just healthcare. When you look into devices that are made, equipment, pharmaceuticals, it's just, it's massive. It's a massive industry. I know
0: pharmaceuticals for sure. The, the pharmac-
2: pharmaceutical industry has, um, pioneered the, the model for, um, profits. Um, we were all taught and training to use, uh, um, uh, uh, Drugs that were cheaper and more readily available, um, but the big pharma companies didn't like that. So they went in and they bought all the generic companies. So the average cost of a generic drug in this country has raised between 400 and 8,000% over the last decade. Uh, drugs that used to be $20 a bottle are now $1,200 a bottle. Drugs that we've had for 30 or 40 years. Um, you can just go on and on about where money comes into play for healthcare.
0: Thanks. God, that pisses me off once
2: well, it goes. Well, then along. let me piss you off some more. <laughs> I love it. Let please. Me piss off I want more. you
0: to piss everybody off. So they do something. So that's what, that's what I want to do.
2: Business 101. If I'm Walmart, I walk into, um, ABC grapes and say, Hey, I'm going to buy a hundred million dollars of your grapes. But because I'm buying a hundred million dollars of your grapes, you're going to knock 30% off the price. And ABC grapes says, wonderful. Uh, thank you very much. Let's do it again. Um, Our government, in its infinite wisdom, has an actual law that prohibits Medicare uh, from negotiating drug prices. They, They not only didn't leverage their position, they actually passed a law that prohibits them from negotiating drug prices. So one of the largest consumers in the world is unable to go in and negotiate the price of a drug because our government said so.
0: Well, what? so how does that fit with the Walmart example? Well, again, that because,
2: because you, you, you're they they Walmart, can't yeah. do the
0: Walmart thing. They can't. You're leveraging say, your
2: purchasing power, yeah. to be able to negotiate a lower price. And Medicare so has huge purchasing power, but is forbidden by law from negotiating drug prices
0: because so the much. lobbyists of the big pharma went into our government. Mm. And said, I'm like really against lobbying. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's like the root of so many problems. Absolutely. Hmm. Um. Okay. So. Money.
2: Money. Money is the root of evil.
0: How'd you get around that? Like uh and do you see it with other doctors? Or don't you all have an oath that you have to take where you
2: Hippocratic uh, uh, Yeah. We do have the Hippocratic Oath. Um It's and not always followed.
0: It's just not always followed. No. I guess I'm naive because I expect like People it's to-
2: not just, I mean, if it, 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 the system is designed to make it, make the lines blurred and make it very difficult to see that, right? You have to know what questions to ask. And if you don't know what questions to ask and don't have the fund of knowledge to compare the data, you don't know that you're being wronged. Hmm. The other The other thing that happens a lot is people have this sense of entitlement. Well, my insurance pays for it, so I don't care. Right. Right. The problem is that they don't understand that insurance companies are passed through. They don't print money or, or generate revenues. Whatever they pay in one year, they collect the subsequent year. So in one way or another, we end up paying for it. So the sense of entitlement and just because my insurance pays has gotten us to the sense where we're spending way more than we should. Uh, and healthcare is becoming uh, untenable.
1: And, with, and so, with most businesses, costs will be passed to the consumer. So
2: that's what
0: Okay. So if it's untenable, then what?
2: Then it collapses. Um, so so uh, is
0: that, do you see that on the horizon? Uh,
2: absolutely. You will see that healthcare is going to become much more available for those who can afford it and much less so for, for those that cannot. Uh, the, the biggest change that occurred over the last 20 years was uh, 20 or 30 years ago, if you had healthcare debt, it, it was sort of written off by the hospitals or or the entities, now they vigorously will will go after you and collect it. Uh, Some of it is, I mean, obviously, you you can't continue as a business to to write off hundreds of millions of dollars in debt every day, but they've also gotten to the point where they're aggressive. Um, The most uh, notable story was a, a school teacher in Austin who had a heart attack in his driveway and collapsed about 18 months ago. Uh, his teenage son calls EMS. He is transported by paramedics to a hospital that is out of network. He is smart enough that he says, hey, I'm I'm part of the teachers association. This is not my network hospital and is assured that because it was an emergency that he would be covered. So undergoes a procedure and is subsequently discharged two or three days later uh, um, there. Um, to give you some background and in insurance, you, when you're a member, you have contracted rates. So, so when Mr. Smith had a heart attack, if he had gone into his in-network facility, his reimbursement for that would have been X amount of dollars. In this case, I believe that number was $26,000. So his insurance company decided to pay the out-of-network hospital the amount of money that they would have paid any other in-network hospital, and they paid it. The the facility, however, ended up charging $150,000, um, which is a charge number that they arbitrarily set. And they went after this person for the remainder of the balance. You can imagine a teacher that makes $50,000 a year is going to have a very hard time coming up with $100,000 to pay the balance. Yeah. Uh, it was only after a media backlash that they backed off. But this happens every day.
0: And it ruins people.
2: It, it does. Healthcare is the number one cost of bankruptcy in the elderly in this country. Number one.
0: Oh man, that's so messed up. And and he he even asked the right question because you said you have to know to ask the right questions. <laughs> Correct. And he even asked the right she question. Did. So d- it kind of doesn't even matter if you ask the right question.
2: It again, it goes back to the to the the size and complexity of the system. Right? They they um the corporations and it this, this doesn't pertain to any one corporation. It's it's systemic to the to the process as a whole they have gotten ways to get around things you go to an in-network hospital but the doctor that sees you is not in network or the doctor that sees you is in network but his associate is not nobody tells you this and unless you ask these specific questions you don't know until you know two months later when the bills begin to show up and they do this because it allows them to get around contract rates Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like going into a car dealership and buying a car and saying hey I'm going to take this car home. You send me a bill for whatever you want uh, 60 days mm. from now, and I'm forced to pay it. You, you, mm. don't, yeah. you don't know what the purchase price is until after the fact.
0: Right. But you forgot if you don't buy the car, you're going to die. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's
2: <what's> <laughs> so <laughs> that's puts the, it the system really is is a difficult, right? You One hospital stay will generate 13 or 14 bills from 12 different entities. So you have almost no way of tracking where it's coming from, who's charging you, how much you're paying. I you just had it
0: happen. My daughter cut happens. her finger. We went to actually the heart hospital because it's really close. And we, we just went heart to the ER. No. Well, the ER is <laughs> oh. right there. And so that's where we went because it was right by my house. And um, and they sewed it up and everything. But I got like three different bills. Correct.
1: Correct. Only three. I got Only three. Nine or so. Last time really? I the hospital. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't too a-
0: bad, but I still was like uh, they're all low enough insurance covered some so i just paid them i just paid them one was like 130 one was like 75 so but it was still kind of nickel and dime and i was like gosh that ended up costing me several hundred dollars like
2: you're lucky that's all it was. An yeah. average ER bill is between one and five thousand dollars. Yeah, I spent
1: thousands by accident. I well, stupidity. Uh, insurance is very important, and I was switching from one to another, and I knew there would be a month or two lag before, and I didn't want to pay the Cobra, which was very expensive. And, and so,
0: when was this? Wait, when this was this? This
1: was years back, about seven years ago. But still,
0: ago. you're a medical professional, mm-hmm. and I felt so. I was
1: healthy. I had nothing wrong. I wasn't on any medications, and I ended up in the ER. And ended up in the ER with a heart rhythm issue, and uh, I, you know, took care of it and got out quickly. But there were a lot of bills for that that I had to pay out of pocket. So,
0: how much did that end up costing? Uh,
1: somewhere between two thousand seven hundred and three thousand five hundred dollars. Wow,
0: so,
2: and and that was with them being kind.
0: Yeah, I bet they were kind to you. They're like, oh, this guy's one of us.
2: We were just talking to Justin before this, how he had hurt his back. And um, a couple of uh, years ago, I had the misfortune of having back spasms at work. Uh, and, and I literally collapsed to my knees in the parking lot. Couldn't get in the car. Had to be driven the the 75 yards to the ER. Oh, my gosh. Spent three hours there where I got some muscle relaxants, some pain medicine, an IV, and an MRI. Was sent home that night and a $12,000 bill three days later. Three hours in the ER.
0: I mean, are we just all screwed, really?
2: You will go to your doctor. Your doctor will will um, be paid twenty seven dollars to try and prevent you from getting sick. But if you end up somewhere where they treat you, they can charge a factor of several several times that. So.
0: So, the trick is don't get sick.
2: Well, no, it's, 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 it's well, the, yes, <laughs> yeah. obviously. Yeah. That's always, that's, that's always what the we've best got to master. Right. Die young. Is that the, that's the
0: no, motto? Okay. No. Don't get sick. Don't get sick. Well, that's what you guys are trying to help people with anyway, like, or catch it before.
1: There is some, uh, uh, on the bright side, insurance companies now are at least doing more for preventive, paying more for having the patient come to clinic more often than they would normally. Mm -hmm. And this is mainly not altruistic. It's because if they can keep down the number of hospitalizations, they can keep down their cost. And so they know that the more often you're seeing your primary or subspecialist, Mm -hmm. you're less likely to be hospitalized.
0: Yeah. Well, so y'all basically dropped out of the system, right? Correct. <laughs> we practice it, in a back alley.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if, if you drop out, I mean, we, we are no longer employed by a, a big corporation. We are now independent practitioners.
0: Well, you dropped out of the insurance no, game no, and all no. that. No, we still you take still it? take insurance. Absolutely. Okay.
2: You won't survive
1: without it. Fee for service would be difficult. That's right. Long. Yeah, plastic, you won't
0: survive without it.
2: Plastic surgery, pain medicine, um, uh, like that. They can get away with not taking insurance, but what we do, you couldn't do without it.
0: You have to. The vast have it.
2: majority of our patients are Medicare age.
0: Okay. Well, so what's the big difference between what you do now and what you did then?
2: The biggest difference is we are now providing um, outpatient medicine versus that that is affiliated with a hospital or inpatient charges.
0: Wait, say that again. Uh, Sorry.
2: Hosp- um, care is is compartmentalized. Reimbursement is based on the location. type and location of care being provided um and, and reimbursement is tied to that model so depending on what treatment you get where the charges and the reimbursement differ mm-hmm. um things that are typically affiliated within within hospitals or or things like that tend to come with higher charges and higher reimbursement versus those that occur in the office
0: yes yes
2: we are now back to the office side
0: and are you able to just say this costs this much this costs this much
2: We can. Um, We have to set our fee schedule uh, when we set up the practice. So um, we actually have data available to anyone who wants to walk in and say, how much does this test cost?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, As a matter of fact, uh, one of the things that was um, they tried the past as part of the the healthcare um, laws that came into effect the last couple of years was just that was mandating that you have to declare the cost of something before you actually do it.
0: That's a good law. Buyer
2: Buyer beware.
0: Buy beware.
2: You
1: have to know what you're buying, right? Uh, Most of us, uh, when they set the charges, they're actually running at about three to three and a half times what's called Medicare allowable costs. Mm-hmm. So, so you get this exorbitant number, but the Medicare, the insurance companies aren't going to actually pay it, so that we can't go after you for the for the additional money. Usually, that's
0: part of what's so confusing about it.
2: It's very confusing because when a patient um, gets a bill and the and the bill says one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, ninety nine point nine percent mm-hmm. of the time, no one is paying that dollar amount. That's an arbitrary number set, typically at three times what is normally reimbursed, and it has to do with how the billing and collections process works within the healthcare system. So, having said that, the actual reimbursements can vary widely depending on where and how you have. And I think it was, um, I think 60 minutes, or one of the big news companies did a, the thing where they looked at the cost of cholecystectomy, which is um, gallbladder removal, within the same zip code, and within the same geographic zip code, depending on where and how you did it, the cost varied between 3,500 and 35,000 for the exact same procedure within the same geographic area. So a factor of 10. So, um, again, historically, we as, as the consumer have wanted the ability to go and say, listen, I want my, I want my surgery done here, right? And and it's my choice to do it there. Then you're going to pay for it. Um, that is part of the problem that has arisen. And I think in the, in the near future, you're going to find big insurance mandating that you go to facilities that they have chosen because then they can much more tightly regulate the costs. Wow. Um, it's going to start happening a lot more. Yeah. The cost of healthcare is one of the leading uh, um, stressors on most American businesses these days, including us. Big time, right? Yes. So, So, providing healthcare for our employees is a huge portion of our, our monthly costs. So, yeah. they become
1: the payer and the provider, some of the insurance companies.
2: Look at Amazon. Amazon bought CVS because they wanted to be able to control their healthcare expenses. Now, they're a multi billion dollar company who can mm-hmm. afford to do that. Most of us cannot we're not buying walgreens then no so, no, okay. <laughs> no. just checking
0: well i i mean i want to get into like actual health practices for us to be our best selves but first also like i guess i just i just want to know what the solution is for this like what's going to happen what do you predict if it's untenable and it's going to break the Then what? What does that even look like?
1: Yeah, you can't continue to go up and go past 20% of the gross national product to pay for healthcare. I mean, that's more than we paid for the military in World War II. So we're going to have to find ways to cut the cost. And it's probably going to be a multi-tiered system down the road. I mean, we want to supply. We're... um, you know, society we want to take care of our least, so we want to have some sort of Medicare program in place. We want to take care of the unfortunate, so that's Medicaid. But it may come down to, you know, there'll be rationing in some groups as to what you can and can't get. Nobody wants to hear that word. They always think, Oh, are you gonna pull my mom off a ventilator? Are you going right. you know what does that mean when you talk about rationing healthcare? So that's and that's that's when you get into the real uh, gray areas that, uh, that uh, make people very unhappy and argumentative. <laughs> so,
0: well, and and what, and then what? Uh,
1: eventually, like uh, he mentioned, it gets to the point where you just can't you can't take care of everyone. I mean, you look in countries where you know, and I always get this: Hey, what about socialized medicine? And it's so much greater. I've worked in Insalud in Spain, which is socialized medicine. They have socialized medicine up in Canada as well. Mm-hmm. It it's not the dream that everybody tells you that it is. In fact, uh, you know, my mother in law at the time had a was on a five year waiting list to get her gallbladder out. So they they get tired of it and they'll come across the border to the United States and get the operation done.
0: Wow. So,
2: I, I um, I'm not quite sure where we're heading towards rationing just yet. I, I think cost containment is going to be a, a big part of it. Um, like I said, uh, the, the, the most likely development in the near term future is uh, insurers dictating where you go for the delivery of your healthcare rather than allowing you to choose. Because um, the, they can really curtail costs significantly by doing that. Um, so it's probably the, the first thing to occur within the next few years. Um, I
0: kind of, there's part of me that would be okay with that if I knew they were going to cover it. Like if they were like, just go there and we'll cover it. I'd be like, all right, so fine. That's where I'll go to get my appendix out.
2: It's funny you say that because the insurance are, are trying to sweeten the pot by saying, hey, not only um will we cover it for you, but we'll knock off a portion of your copay by doing so, right? So, and I'm just making up numbers. If, if your deductible is $1,000, you may only pay a $500 deductible if you go to this facility that we choose for you
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, versus the one that you go for yourself. And if you want to go for yourself, you go for it, but we're paying this much. The rest is your responsibility. Okay.
0: Well, I guess so.
2: Yeah, you will find that once you put the burden of payment on people, I think their tunes might change a little bit.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's easier to spend other people's money. It's always. So. Is.
0: Oh I, yeah. I have no problem spending I spend other people's all money. The time. Yes.
1: Optum is is massive, and they're part of actually United Healthcare. And What's is Optum? Is that like an insurance it, company? Or? Yes, okay. that, they're seventy eight billion dollars oh. worldwide, or something crazy. Good lord! And uh, they're actually they're going to be in the game, you know, competing with hospitals. They'll start impl- not only having hospitals, employing physicians, are already doing that. So, essentially, what you're going to get is more of the corporate practice of medicine for cost containment.
0: Why can't we just go in and get like a little menu? That's you, will.
1: You, this you
2: actually eduplastic will planning, you should surgeon, you right, <laughs> <surgeon>.
0: true <Eduplastic, laughs> I know actually I know that <laughs> uh, I'm aware um, okay well let's talk a little bit like health health directed stuff too so what we can do is take control of our health by going to someone like you that's actually functioning in a way where we can go in and get tests before we need them need Actually, that's not accurate. I probably still need it now for a baseline.
2: You're describing more of a, of a um, preventative rather than a reactive yes. course. Yes. Yes. And, and, and preventative is always preferred. Um, having said that, I've learned, thank you, that over the last 17 years, it is sometimes challenging um, uh, to get a patient to do what's necessary to be preventative. They'd much rather take the pill a day rather than change their diet for their cholesterol. I know. I
1: get that all the time for weight loss. So go, Dr. Bailey, isn't there a pill you can give me? And I said, if I had a pill, I wouldn't be talking to you now. I'd be on my yacht in the <laughs> Mediterranean because I'd be so wealthy.
0: I know. I want pill that sales. pill too. I wish there was. Right. I thought about it just the other That's day. But there's not.
1: The other problem we run into is uh, people you know, want preventative and they go to it. But a lot of times reimbursement or getting paid for are not always geared toward preventative, preventative services. So, you know, they'll say, unless you have chest pain or unless you've got some sort of symptom going on, if they make it difficult to order. They won't reimburse the study. So if you order a study, they won't pay for it.
0: I know, you just have to pay for it, right? Yeah.
1: Then, they- Like
0: what I did the other day. So I went in and had a stress test and an EKG.
1: By the way, you, you didn't pass. I didn't tell you that. You? I
0: failed. <laughs> you failed.
1: <laughs> you should have studied How long have Harvard. I got? <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> okay. um, so... But people could go in, but they did. They just have to pay for it themselves, right? But you make that affordable for them, don't you? Isn't that the idea?
2: So the the, um, the system is complex. Um, we um, when we do procedures, uh, since the vast majority of what we do is through insurance, you you have to have a a, a reason mm-hmm. that justifies what you do, and um, for each procedure, the insurance companies give you a list. Of covered diagnoses Um, preventative is not one of them just because i want to make sure that you don't have a problem they won't let me actually do it unless you're actually having a problem so the system is really geared much more to be reactive than preventative um yeah the um the other part of the system is the way the fee structure is set um I can't say just because you want to come in and do preventative study that I'm going to do it at a fraction of the cost of what my insurance companies pay. By law, we are not allowed to charge anything lower than what Medicare pays. And if we do, we have to give Medicare the same rates. So we are tied, our hands are tied as to how we can charge based on the system wow, wow. It, it it I'm telling you it's complicated
0: It we, is.
1: we can give a reduction for cash pay patients, and Medicare allows that correct, and we have a list of all of our procedures, and some people have said it at eighty five percent
2: of Medicare cost or somewhere in that area. For those that have no insurance we are yeah. allowed, we are allowed to offer a a discount,
0: yeah, okay. Good,
2: right? Um, but charges are substantial. Um, mm-hmm. uh, procedures, I mean, you know, things in the hospital can be quite expensive, uh, with or without discounts. So uh, I have learned um, that people live on on tight budgets, uh, and they don't necessarily have a few hundred dollars, much as few thousands or tens of thousands of dollars available for for healthcare expenses.
0: No, it scares me. Like it when I think sure. about it.
2: It was shocking to me
1: when my dad had his heart attack, I was a, an intern, uh, Mm -hmm. my first year of uh, residency. And I flew back and, um, um, you know, went over the study with the doctor and we got my dad to go home and I went to pick up his prescriptions and it was $327 for one month that I paid. And I was just making money like a resident, which means I was essentially slave labor. (laughs) I wasn't getting any money at all, but still I was like 300. I was like, and this is not even bad. It was like, how do our patients make it mm-hmm. uh, if they're living on a budget or if they're on Social Security, fixed incomes? Uh, it's
2: ridiculous. You learn not to take it for granted. I've had patients um, not be able to afford the 5 or $10 a month prescriptions cost, much less the several hundred dollar ones. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the older folks who live on, on a fixed budget of Social Security get six or $800 a month to live on. Right. Right. So it's we're fortunate that we can do more, but that doesn't apply to a lot of people. It's terrible.
0: It is terrible. It's heartbreaking.
2: It is heartbreaking. As I mentioned earlier, I mean, healthcare expenses is the number one cause of bankruptcy in the LRA. Yeah. Number one. It was almost the cause
1: of my bankruptcy. In the- <laughs> when? <laughs> between when I was between really? uh, jobs when I failed to cover myself with insurance. <laughs> you, know, you know, you get a thousand, three thousand dollar bill and you're not. Yeah! You know, holy cow! You got to pay that. Yeah. Out a pocket.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's talk about how we stay healthier.
2: It's um, it's a lifestyle <laughs> issue, and and, and and that's the challenging part, right? That's uh,
0: the answer no one wants to hear, uh-huh. right? We all want a magic pill.
2: Eighty yeah. percent uh-huh. of us are, uh, have the problems we have because we did it to ourselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Really? 80%? Would you say 80%? I I would
2: hazard a guess that 80% could do more to prevent the things that they have. Yeah. I think it,
1: I say it always comes down to hygiene. There's a sleep hygiene. We don't sleep well where it's terrible. You know, then there's our our food hygiene that we go through that's offered gut, you know, and, and you're guilty of it. We eat on the run. I mean, Mm -hmm. we live probably during residency. I lived off of graham crackers and diet Shasta soda. Because that's all you had available. Shasta, for There's I a know. Throwback. That is bad. What I year
0: know. are we talking it's about? Old. Yeah. Was <laughs> I too. <there. had> <laughs> well, well, I like grape Shasta, black cherry. My grandma used to buy it. Yeah, uh,
1: but you have to. You have to um, eat better. I tell my patients all the time. I was
0: a the Fanta time, guy. <laughs> fanta. <laughs> yeah, fanta. Yeah.
1: He just liked the commercials. The Fantanas. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you don't, I tell them, Hey, look, if you can buy it through the window of your car, don't eat it. You know, there's so many bad things that are out there, but you know, it's, it's hard for me to point a finger and tell that to patients. I don't want to come off as a hypocrite because the reality is I eat Twinkies every now and then, you know, and it's, it's terrible. Yeah. You know, I don't know how many preservatives in that. I think they're going to, my body's not going to rot for a long time. They can last 50 years in storage. Yeah. (laughs) Twinkies, that's bad. But
0: the benefits, if we do it, are great. Tell me what they are.
1: I had a gentleman come in, had a heart attack. He was 52 years old. Guy worked out all the time, exercised, and he was just, he was distraught. And he goes like, you know, I did all this stuff. My dad uh, died at, you know, 38 or something crazy. And I did all Whoa. this stuff. And I said, don't discount what you've done. If you hadn't done all that stuff, you might've had a heart attack Yeah, at
0: 41, You were gone 14 years 50. ago, dude. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so it it counts a lot. Exercise is important. Uh, uh, diet is important. I
0: like sleep that you mentioned average. sleep too, though, because I'm a sleep freak and I talk a lot about sleep. I think it's like, I mean, one of our biggest things we can do. Are you asleep? freak like Uh, i'm
1: not a freak but it is important and that's you know and even they say when they go early to bed early to rise makes a man healthy yeah Wise, probably a woman too that's a kind of terrible (laughs) saying but the uh it's it is true if you it's it's about going to bed at the same time and getting up at the same time i'm far more functional when i do that but it's it's not we didn't pick the exactly the greatest careers to be able to go to bed at the same
0: time at night so it's hard. sorry you guys can't have it. We get it.
2: Just to further um, talk on the point you just made, which is that genetics are important, but they're not the only thing. Historically, Japanese uh, had a lower rate of heart disease than the rest of us. Uh, we found after World War II that the Japanese Americans that came here had uh, equal rates of heart disease as the rest of us because the environment that we create around that overcame the genetics. So genetics is important, but what you do with it is, is equally wow. important. Wow. So...
0: We're just screwing everybody up here in america we
2: uh, <laughs> we live in a society where work uh and convenience are emphasized over health and rest, so it's hard to maintain a healthy diet when you're working fourteen hours a day and rushing home to take care of family and you don't have time to be healthy requires time to be healthy requires money, money. <laughs> a healthy diet is much more expensive than the the drive through meal at, at at you know in and out or whatever um so it's it's Society is driving us in the direction where we're, we worker bees and we're, we're giving our best years for somebody else at the, at the expense of the future.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Better Help. Better Help is affordable, private online counseling. You can talk with a licensed professional therapist online and you can elevate to the next level because sometimes we just need that little push, need that little bit of help. And BetterHelp is here to help you from the comfort of your own home. They'll assess your needs. They'll match you with your own licensed professional therapist and you can start communicating with them in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's professional therapy and it's done securely online. I mean, how great is that for peace of mind, right? Which we need, especially when we're feeling like we need that extra bit of help. There's a broad range of expertise available too from them, which may not be locally available in your area. It's available worldwide as well, and you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist, which is really cool because sometimes you just feel like you're disturbing someone and this takes that out of the equation. You're able to just send them a message whenever you need it. You get timely and thoughtful responses and quick responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't ever have to sit in the waiting room. You don't you don't even have to drive there and back. It just takes all that time right out of it. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed, because that can be really stressful in itself. It's also, as I mentioned, affordable. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy. And you guys take note of this, financial aid is available too. So BetterHelp, they're committed to helping you live a better life today. You can check out their website and they have a ton of testimonials that they post every day. In fact, I'm looking at one that was just posted today. I'm going to read it to you right now. It, it says, one year ago this month, I started therapy. I never dreamed at this moment I finally had made a decision that would ultimately change my life so much for the better. The help of my fantastic therapist, whose vast knowledge, humor, and perception of knowing exactly when to push me to my own voice and pull me up when I had very little to no confidence in myself. I'm forever grateful and I really can't thank him or better help enough. Oh, y'all. That is so amazing. And how fast a month? That's so cool. So you can go check them out at betterhelp.com slash AES for Amy Edwards Show. That's HELP, H E L P, and join over 1 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using it that they're adding additional therapists across all 50 states. So cool. So this is a special offer for. People that are listening here to the Amy Edwards show, you can get 10% off of your first month. And look at what one month can do too. So 10% off, simply go to betterhelp.com slash AES. My God, this is just like, this is, this is depressing.
2: As we say in our business, people are dying to get in.
0: It's painting a, a pretty grim picture. I, you know we
2: it did is. we did some
1: crazy we when we were in uh, residency, I remember they had the Phoenician there, which is that really expensive version work they have in there. We wanted to figure out the cost of having a patient in the hospital versus placing a patient at the Phoenician resort, which is $400 and some dollars a night at the okay. time, giving them a one-on-one ago. nurse and everything to calculate out the cost. And it was actually cheaper to go to the Phoenician. To, to
2: get,
0: go to the Phoenician, get a, they, a one-on-one <laughs> nurse.
2: They say the average cost of an ICU stay, and it's been a while since I've looked at it, is $5,000 a night. Damn.
0: That, that's a nice resort. And you are not getting sleep in the ICU. No, no, no. <laughs> that's, that's one thing that, that really uh, is amazing to me in, about staying in the hospital is that you don't, Sleep is not prioritized at all, it doesn't seem because they're always checking on you. there's beeping there's
2: I think it's less about the priority than, than just trying to achieve goals, right? The hospital can't do everything within the eight hours of the day, so people are sick they need they need closer monitoring, yeah. so you, you are correct in the sense that hospitals are not places typically that you get rested hmm. Yeah. <laughs> go, to the, Phoenician. go yeah, to the yeah you're sleeping
1: in a plastic <laughs> bed too I know. We used to sleep in old plastic medical beds during in the not rooms. together, not together. Yes, <laughs> obviously not together. But did that mean they were archaic, like from the '60s or something. They were very uncomfortable, and all I could do was lay awake at night, going, "Man, I wonder how many people died in this hospital bed that I'm sleeping in." <laughs> sitting up in a room on a floor no one uses. Oh my god, that thought—it mm-hmm. was just awful. We mm-hmm. didn't get much sleep anyway. So,
0: well, what? Let's talk about women's health because heart disease and heart stuff is one of the leading things for women, right? For a death.
2: It is the leading cause of it death. It is the
0: leading cause of death.
2: Correct. Now, it depends on the age group you're talking about, but overall, the answer is yes. What's the age group? Um, well, again, that it, is- depending on like under 18, 18 mm-hmm. to 45, none of that. Above age 65, it is the leading cause of death in women. Why? Because, um... It's complicated. And it's the same reason that the occurs to men, uh, on top of the lifestyle and the diet and the lack of adequate healthcare. Um, it's what I have coined as mom disease. A mom disease is this notion where you are so busy taking care of everyone else in your life at the expense of yourself. And, and by the time mom comes in to see you, she's hit critical mass and she, she can't ignore it anymore. So by the time they present, they tend to have more advanced, more severe disease because they've put it off for so long. Mm-hmm. A mom disease is lethal.
0: Mom disease is lethal. Moms, take care of yourselves.
1: Correct. Absolutely.
0: I'm a mom. I'm here to tell people, but I have more time than the average person because I'm doing stuff like this. It, and and I, I, have, I still kind of fail at it a lot of times.
2: It, and I have learned to guilt people because of that, right? So I, I, these days, what I, do you say? I, I, if you won't do it for yourself, do it for your child.
0: Yeah, do it for your child. Mm-hmm. No, that's actually really good advice. Yeah. You know,
2: that tends to work sometimes more. Than than asking you to do for your for themselves.
0: Yeah, because we don't care for ourselves nope. the way we would for someone that we love. True. Mm-hmm. Do you do it for your kids? I do. You do? I do. That's really cool. You don't have kids yet. No, oh, I, have, have, yet. I have, tons you have tons of kids. You have tons yeah. of kids.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. How many kids <laughs> do you have? I don't really know. I know I have three kids. So yeah. <laughs> do you do
0: it for your kids?
1: No, I'm trying to do it for myself.
0: Good. So this is all natural.
1: Yeah. Good. Yeah. They say, are you in shape? I go, yeah, rounds a shape. That's right. It's a <laughs> shape. <in> shape.
0: <laughs> well, I just want to know more like what we can tell people, what all we can do. I know it's diet and exercise, but is there anything like magic that we can
1: do? <laughs> well, first off, when people talk about they'll go, hey, I want to lose weight. And they want to know what diet to go on. And I, I always tell them, look, a diet's not something you do to lose weight. A diet is a lifestyle change. You have to go, this is how I'm going to eat the rest of my life or it's, it's not going to work. It can't be something that's you know, some fad where I'm only going to eat, you know, orange ice, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) orange ice cream flavor or something crazy diets that you'll see out there. It has to be something that you can do regularly and, and, and work into your routine. So, uh, you know, I, what I try to do is cut down on certain carbohydrates that I take in, you know, I love bread and pasta, but they stay around for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> so, they do. so, and then the other thing I've noticed is one of the magic ingredients that has made us the heaviest nation on earth is high fructose corn syrup. And it's in Sugar. a lot of foods. You see it. So I go, if you can just avoid that, you know, and maybe if we all started going, hey, if it has high fructose corn syrup in it, we're not gonna buy it. And that would send a message to manufacturers as well. Say, hey, let's That's not good
0: advice. It. Like that's simple and that's doable. And you can and still have a bunch of crap. Like do
1: it one, <laughs> one, yeah. You can do it one ingredient at a time. That's right. <laughs> we'll get there. The MSG is next. We'll I hate mind. MSG.
2: <laughs> we joke that in the healthcare industry, the, the the sugar lobby was probably stronger than the the cholesterol lobby because sugar is probably just as bad, if not worse, for heart disease and other things than cholesterol, but no one seems to talk about sugar.
0: No, tell yeah.
2: me. I, well, we're telling you, mm-hmm. sugar is sugar, the devil. That, that high
0: fructose corn syrup, that's it. 10
2: mm-hmm. times sweeter than sugar. Ooh, we, we think awful. that um, sugar spikes are a leading cause of cancers, um, obviously diabetes, uh, weight gain. Sugar truly is one of the worst things we can do, and and most of our diets are very high in it. Yes. Right? So, so eliminating, especially the processed sugars, like the, the corn syrup and the white sugars and the white breads, is really important for health for a variety of reasons.
0: It's in candy, right?
2: Candies, cokes, <laughs> yes. white bread, white pasta, shasta, <laughs> shasta, fanta, lose yeah. diet shasta. So
0: oh, that's much grows, better. Right? He's going to die
2: mm-hmm. from the cancer from his, Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I no, no one talks about that. No, no I always does. think about my cholesterol. Right. So, that so again, as
2: part of the part of the uh, as uh, Obamacare uh, whatever you want to call it, one of the things that I tried the mandate was that producers. Had to divulge the calories and ingredients of the things you were buying. Right? You'll go and buy a can of Campbell's soup, and a can of Campbell's soup will have almost a thousand milligrams of salt in it, mm-hmm. um, which is half of your recommended daily intake. Just that soup. So then, right next to that, you'll see the can that says "light uh, light salt soup," and the light salt soup will have five hundred milligrams. It's less. It's still a quarter of your daily intake of salt in that in that can. So the food industry has has skirted. Um, that skillfully or again unless you're actually looking it's hard to see what you're getting
1: but don't read the ingredients on oreos because you know it's a lot of bad what's
0: in oreos We should never eat oreos
1: that has a lot of sodium in them too
0: (laughs) and i mean i can eat a stack like this i can eat like a
1: who doesn't (laughs) uh people with ridiculous self-control i don't know does that exist because i think
0: those things are designed so you can't have just one you just keep eating them um there's
1: so many different ways to eat the oreo too so it's just they really are
0: they really are um yeah i I mean i don't even think about sugar and how it how it affects me but i i have kind of cut it out have you cut it out you guys cut it out no no
2: i mean as much as i've always had a relatively healthy diet so i try to be cognizant of it but It's, 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 it's everywhere.
0: It's everywhere. I uh,
1: started reading ingredients, um, stuff, what I tell my patients to do. And you would be amazed at the, uh, number of things that have either sugar or high fructose corn syrup as their number one or two ingredient. Wow. It's crazy.
0: Are these, are, are they in cahoots? The food companies uh, whoever's, whoever's making company.
1: the corn they they must be uh, monsanto yeah they're doing
0: it it's monsanto right and they probably have something to do with this
1: mm-hmm. they could mm-hmm. i don't know i think it's uh we want everything to taste great and fast and sweet and we want it convenient and packaged and, and we pay a price for that
0: well i think our brains get addicted to it
1: Speaking of brains, that has a negative impact on your brain too. They think you don't process high fructose corn syrup the same way.
0: Oh, really? Like
1: glucose? No, it's not recognized the same way. What happens? Uh, Well, you don't die instantly, but it it does affect. (laughs) They think it may be affecting, uh, you know, our kids' focus, concentration, everything. So, you know, and we're just juicing our kids up with all this sugar.
0: Fuck, I've been feeling really guilty about my kids' school lunches lately, and I'm trying to get my act together on that because I feel like I'm like. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not doing good. I'm not it's, winning on it. It's that. not
2: just you. Uh our um, our legislator decided <laughs> to, to call pizza uh, vegetables because it has tomato sauce on it. Really? Yeah.
0: Well, just thank
1: God I'm eating my vegetables then, you know. <laughs> I ate four slices of vegetables
0: the other night. <laughs> <laughs> um no, I mean no, I'm failing at it and I'm just uh I don't even know how to win it because again it takes money and it takes time. Correct. And I'm not even getting up to go to like a nine to five job or make my job, you know, like I'm getting up and then doing things, but I'm not, I'm not, or showing up at your Zoom or however people work right now, but, uh, it still takes time and it still takes effort. Absolutely. The problems are surmounting to where I don't know how we find the solutions except just take baby steps and do the best you can, like search for the one ingredient.
2: There is no one ingredient mm-hmm. yeah.
0: search for just- one. I'm just thinking, search for one like high fructose corn syrup, and say, "Okay fine, I'll do that. Is that what we can do?
2: You pick and choose your battles but but yeah, from from a diet perspective, it's about having a well balanced diet and not exceeding high amounts of just about anything right um a diet that is more predominantly plant based uh is is much healthier than one that is based on processed or 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 uh, refined stuff
0: Mm -hmm. all my numbers changed i became vegan and um like my cholesterol everything my doctor was like wow yeah i guess it's your diet
2: diet exercise so it goes you know i I tell my patients that this truly is a lifestyle it's not just about diet or exercise or weight management or blood pressure or cholesterol or managing your blood sugar or, or the habits you keep it's all of them they they all play a role. It's not that any one thing, there's no, you know, I, you know when you come to our practice, I'm not going to give you a pill that's going to make your problems go away. Uh, that problem will address parts of it, um, yeah. but you have to do the rest. People are always looking for that easy solution that, that doesn't exist.
0: Well, it feels overwhelming too, when you list all that out, you know,
2: i mean uh, yes and no if it's if you're trying to 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 budget properly time and financially and you don't have those resources it can become overwhelming Uh um if you don't have the knowledge to ask the questions it becomes even more overwhelming um but once you once you uh, you know once you understand it doesn't become hard to choose the bag of uh whole grain rice instead of the white rice or the whole grain bread instead of the the white bread, to not have spaghetti every night for dinner, to not be eating salami for lunch every day. So you can make choices.
0: Yeah.
2: And know- knowledge is power, right?
0: And when you say the knowledge to ask the right questions, what do you mean?
2: Well, you have to know uh, that this is bad for you. If, if no one's told you this, how do you know to even ask or look at it? Yeah. If this is what you were used to and this is what you grew up on.
0: Yeah. I know. I just get lazy sometimes. <laughs>
2: But I mean, you've gone to the point where you've actively tried to to, to change things. Um, we all have setbacks, but there are folks who don't even know that they're doing it wrong.
0: Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. So, well, and then the food education. I was just reading about like the food pyramid the other day, and like its evolution over time, and in the '60s or whenever it first came out, or and why they and, and like as there was lobbying around, you know. Making that base of grains and rice and all that kind of stuff it's
2: all about lobbyists and money
0: I know that's depressing
2: it
0: is well let's yeah. uh let's let's shift into talking more a little bit about the heart health and What that can bring to our lives, because I know when we initially set this up, uh, there was some talk about sex and um, the importance of. We all look at you. Yeah, that
2: didn't have anything to do with that. She
0: did. You can blame her. For
2: ten minutes, and this is okay. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) No, and so um, you know, I just wanted to talk about the importance of heart health and the relation to sex. And I don't even have a specific question, but what does that bring up for you? Right now, and that's not any pun intended either. But I, I, just.
1: <laughs> now, I, I always, you know, what's interesting is uh, whenever uh, one of our uh, patients has a heart attack, male patient comes in. W- one of the unvoiced concerns always that I address the elephant in the room is the wife is terrified that if they have sex, she's going to kill her husband. She's had a heart attack. Now, granted, you're not supposed to exercise for six weeks or so after a major heart attack. You don't have it, but you know, after that, getting back into it, that's a form of exercise. The the main thing we get concerned about is usually when you go through something like that a lot of men will actually start to develop erectile dysfunction you know five years before their first heart attack or before they have a major event
0: whoa really yeah.
1: yeah so they are tied together it is you know vascular we know that peripheral the coronaries uh, things that attack your arteries attack arteries all over your body may not but it can so we have to look for it in other places but then we place them on a bunch of medications and it makes it even harder for them to uh no pun
0: yeah, <laughs> harder
1: harder for them uh, to achieve. Yeah, right. <laughs> not so,
0: exactly harder. <laughs> yeah.
1: I've had patients stop their medication because they, they said, hey, if I take this blood pressure medication, I can't make love to my wife. And I'm like, dude, your blood pressure is 185. <laughs> You're going to have another heart attack or a stroke.
0: Whoa. Hmm.
1: So we try to find ways around that to balance it to go. But it's, you know, when they come through our door, it's cardiovascular. Um, first off, it's getting the, uh, the question across. You have to present it up because a lot of patients are still, even in this day and age, are shy about talking about sex. I tell you, the wives have no problem bringing it up. Really? They'll bring it, they'll, oh, yeah. They'll bring it up. Go women. In a heartbeat. Yeah. Instead, <laughs> they'll go like, Hey, he needs some help in this department. So they, they take the initiative, which I think is great. And stuff. But, you know, I try to put, keep the patients at ease and go, look, I don't care if you're 25 or 85, you're on this many medications, things can be difficult. So let's go ahead
2: and talk about that and work it out.
0: Do you see a lot that are 25? No. No.
2: <laughs> no not a lot that are 25. Not for heart disease, at least. Mm-hmm. We see younger patients for arrhythmias and things like that. Yeah. But, but, you know, heart disease is not very common in that age group.
0: Right. Right. Well, what about women in heart health and sex? Like, um, you know, are the same things true for women?
1: Well, they don't have to get erections, but I guess. Well, they, no, but <laughs> you know. Yeah, I know. We that's have to get it.
0: lady boners house. No. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's,
1: that's going to happen. I think uh, one of the is the psychological impact of of um, heart disease and have it, and that you know that can you start feeling mortal, like when you know, oh my god, I could have almost died, or whatever. And I've seen that actually have an impact on couples and relationships where they're depressed and same thing in, in by their own mortality
0: patients. and Facing the decline.
1: Facing their mortality and the, their decline of their health. And so they sort of feel that way rather than say, hey, this is an opportunity. This is now I've been, you know, this is my last warning. I need to go ahead and get on the bus and uh, toward uh, prevention and getting yeah. healthier. Yeah. So you try to, you know, talk to them in that way, say, hey, look. The glass is half full it's not half empty you know uh, we've you're better off now than before i saw you when you had a closed artery yeah you know so let's <laughs> let's let's move forward from there you know and see if we can make some change
0: absolutely what were you gonna add?
2: i, I was gonna i mean um if, if if we're trying to be serious about this um um sexual dysfunction as charles was saying can be a sign of, of vascular unhealth um um so that's that's a, that's a different thing but but Sex after a heart attack, uh, I've learned to ask a very important question, uh, and and uh, I've learned um, the, what kind of sex do you have, right? Because everyone is a little bit different, and, and for most people, um, it is it is okay uh, and and perfectly reasonable to have sex very quickly after a heart attack, as long as you're not overly straining it, and if you're that marathon. Um guy that, that goes 17 hours, maybe you should wait a few weeks. Um, but those are the questions we ask first. 17 uh, mm, hours. hours. No, to land that plane, Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> That's wrap things
0: long. up. Nobody has that kind of time. I,
2: I try to be cognizant of, of sex. It's an important part of most people's relationships. So um, there are a lot of the medicines we use that can have adverse effects. We try to be cognizant of that. And I always ask my patients um, if if they're having issues with erectile dysfunction and try to give them the assistance necessary to overcome it.
0: Yeah, of it, course. It's
2: important. Mental health and physical health go hand in hand, and that's a big part of both.
0: Well, I think don't yeah. ignore that. And then I just think for women, too, if you're noticing that you're not having blood flow in the right way, we can pay attention to that. What can women even do that for that, though? I guess get our hearts more healthy.
2: If you're talking about... Um, Clitoral stimulation? No, I'm
0: uh, talking about like blood flow. Yeah, so, you know, like...
2: So they tried for years to come up with the, the equivalent of Viagra for women. It failed mm-hmm. miserably. What was it? Um, I forget hmm. what the name of it was. I don't remember. that. But, but I know it, they it didn't used work. Viagra. They tried, it just it didn't work. didn't work. And then they've they've tried using Viagra and that didn't work.
0: My sister uh, took Viagra once she told me. I mean... Is your have your wife ever taken it
2: not that I'm aware no. of not, <laughs> not that she's told me
0: my brother-in-law worked for Pfizer for years and so uh, she said she took it once and she said she just I don't, know. I don't the, think it was like the same it was just like a she just like said you just sort of had to do it
1: there are external <laughs> creams and stuff that are used but I can't speak but that's from for vaginal experience. Adenis, yeah. Yeah, not mm-hmm. for dinosaur they're for actually for stimulation for, oh, okay yeah to bring in and blood flow increase blood mm-hmm. flow but it's it's kind of hard as a guy to talk about because I can't
0: well, no, pain. but you know hey, enough about the heart. Like. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just, I guess I'm just curious, like what women can do if they find themselves not experiencing blood flow there? Is it something that we pay attention to our heart?
2: Uh, you're saying In the right situation, perhaps. perhaps,
0: perhaps. Correct. What's the right situation?
2: Um, age group, uh, risk factor profile. Um other comorbidities that would yeah. point in that direction, right? Yeah. Vascular, like he was saying, vascular disease doesn't affect just one part of your body. You can have it in multiple areas. Mm-hmm. So if you have other signs of, of vascular compromise, then that could be something. But
0: um, yeah, well, it it comes down too to knowing your body, doesn't it? Like you know when there's a change, you know when there's a difference. That's a huge to...
1: question that I ask when patients come in because it they kind of they're beating around the bush, and you are thinking they've got something going on, and you go do you feel something is wrong and try to get them to say that? And they go, yeah, I just don't feel myself. They know that something's off. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to that, you'll probably catch things you'd otherwise miss if you just run through it. So
0: that's what I liked about going in for that, uh, stress test and stuff, which by the way, I'm going to post it on my Instagram. It was not that stressful. You know, people are wondering,
1: she went for about an hour on the treadmill. Oh, stop. We, had, we had to say, Hey, other 50, patients need 45.
0: It. No, <laughs> no, I did the full 12 minutes and then they stopped it. And then we took my everything. So I was on a treadmill for, you want to describe what I did?
1: Yeah. It's a standard stress test where you run, we call it a Bruce protocol where the treadmill increases in its speed and mm-hmm. then the incline as you go through, and it goes through three minute stages. And then uh, when you hit peak, we want you to get to at least uh, 85% or better of your maximum age predicted heart rate, which is 220 minus your age. Right. And then times 0.85. So you went beyond
0: 85% of 220 minus your age. Yes. Uh,
1: Yes, So exactly. And get up there. And then at peak stress, right as you got off, your heart rate is still going very fast. Uh, You laid down and Shauna obtained the uh, echo images Mm -hmm. of your heart at peak stress. And we did the rest images before you got on the treadmill. And then we just compare
2: them, see if there's any wall motion abnormality.
0: And luckily there wasn't, but now I know my Mm -hmm. body enough to have a baseline.
2: To put it in less complicated terms than Dr. Bailey describes, <laughs> we can't actually see blockages on our stress test. we look for the consequences of the, of the blockages uh, on the heart.
0: So it would be like from the before to the after, you'd, see, the diff- you'd Correct. see some sort of specific difference. We see
2: the electrical patterns change with regard to the heartbeat. We see the heart muscle function change with regard to the contractility. So those are things we're looking at. And most of our stress tests are designed to pick up bad blockages. Yeah, Um, You know, significant, 60, 70% or more, they will not tell us whether you have myoplaque buildup. They're not designed for that.
1: You could have 60% blockages in all of your arteries and and the stress test be negative and it'd be correct. Correct. So patients always go, they go, my heart's okay. I passed I go, it doesn't mean you don't have coronary artery disease. It means that you don't have a blockage so bad right now that it shows up on the test. You can know, have blockages everywhere. That's why the people have the classic, they do the stress test, and it's negative, and then they have a heart attack <laughs> like a
2: week later. Shit, I thought I was in the clear. I guess I'm not. <laughs> now I give you no. five years,
1: 50,000
2: miles. So <laughs> you get heart attacks are are, are caused by a, an acute closure or a blockage of the, of the blood vessel due to a formation of a plaque from a, the formation of a clot from a ruptured plaque. You don't have to have a very tight blockage to cause that. Even mild blo- blockage can rupture. Uh, and about a third to about a half of the patients who have a heart attack started with a less than fifty percent blockage to begin with. Yeah. So it's a false sense of 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 um um of um relief if you have a normal stress test because that simply, like you said, simply means that right here and now you don't have a bad blockage. It does not mean that you don't have any blockages.
1: And you can well, even damn, miss I that, that was too. In really good
0: shape. <laughs> It's, huh? it's
1: not even perfect with that either. It can miss 5 to 15% of those, even with a bad block.
0: Right. So we just have to pay attention to how we fail.
1: It, well, it's a big picture. We take into account uh, your age, all of your risk factors, You know, your baseline, EKGs. All of it has to come together. To and my genetics and
0: stuff. I think you asked me about so that, right?
1: family history.
0: No, we're, we have That's, cancer. Yeah. <laughs> not so hard stuff. Don't,
1: I don't have cancer stress tests. Uh, we couldn't figure that out.
0: So. I meant that. I'm sure it would be really... Up uh, popular.
1: I'm working on so, the diet bill. So get I can that get diet pill done. Oh, yes. mm,
0: actually, no, that sounds so unhealthy. They're never <laughs> healthy. They're never good. Mine is gonna have <laughs> iceberg a test few? corn syrup in it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's been a few diet pills and they've turned out miserable.
0: They fin, have fin, fin, fin? Ca- yeah, fanfan mm-hmm. fin
2: caused people's hearts to to leak. Um uh and then this newest newest one was just pulled off the market because it was causing cancer. What was it? I don't remember the name.
0: And it was causing cancer?
2: Mm-hmm. Fuck. That's a weight loss. You, lose weight, you rapidly, lose weight rapidly. rapidly yeah. Um, it's there's a couple of new diabetes it. medicines, uh, called GLP1 drugs mm-hmm. and they are fantastic for weight loss. As a matter of fact, Ozempic just got approved for weight loss, even in the absence of diabetes. Um, but it's very expensive. It's a thousand dollars a month. And you oh, can wow. get very nauseated taking it. Correct. Right,
0: That'll make medicines. you lose weight. It does. Yeah. It does so so does crack.
2: Very very potent mm-hmm.
1: appetizer present. <clears throat> you lose weight, you lose teeth, yeah, you, your job, it family. Is, it's great. Mm-hmm. You lose
0: lots of things. You do. Mm-hmm. You lose lots of things. Um well, I, I don't know. I just want people to maximize as much as they can, you know. And I I we always search for new answers and it comes back to the basic stuff. It does. hmm It's simple. What do you see about like, you know, love affecting your heart?
1: Broken heart syndrome. You want to talk about broken heart syndrome? Oh, my heart's fine. You should talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they actually have something that's called uh, broken I've heart. I've heard of it. Yeah. It's uh, it's actually called Takotsubo's cardiomyopathy. And that is- The broken uh, heart sounds so much better. Yeah, it sounds better. It's
0: a little catchier.
1: In, in the US, it was called uh, uh, left ventricular ballooning. And what it is is that uh, people would come in, they'd have abnormal EKGs and positive enzymes in their blood showing they'd had a heart attack, uh, but they had not had a heart attack. They've got uh, it's all regions of all distributions of all arteries uh, stunning, and they have their theories into how it works. The patients usually recover 100%, and they get their function back. But during the time they're having it, their heart becomes very weak, and it doesn't squeeze well. And that's what...
0: Wow.
2: Just to make a, a clarification, when he said it, it is usually caused by intense stress, mm-hmm. uh, so not uncommon to to have someone present after the, the loss of a family member Phew. or or something traumatic in their lives, and, and it feels, behaves, and looks just like a heart attack. But when you do an angiogram, where you go in and shoot the dye and look, you don't find any blockages, but you see the, the fairly typical heart muscle dysfunction that would fit with heart muscle damage in the absence of blockage, and that's how we diagnose it. And the vast majority, not all of them, the vast majority recover. Mm-hmm. So it it really, it really is called broken heart disease because yeah. it, it, a broken heart causes it.
0: That's so sad. Mm-hmm. Well, I would guess I was curious too, like how important... Do you notice anything, any difference when someone has more love in their life or something like that? Like heart health mm-hmm. wise, am they're I being too woo yeah.
2: married, uh, married men and women tend to live longer because I've of, heard that because of, uh, I imagine the care and <laughs> we're assuming
0: they're in love because I guess. they
2: make us live longer.
0: <laughs> right?
2: Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm still a big believer that a healthy mind and healthy body go hand in hand. So oh. I suppose if you're, if you're mentally healthier, mm-hmm. then you're physically healthier. Spiritual,
1: <laughs> mental, physical, sexual uh, the, all the colors, go back to sex again. All the pillars come together to form who you are. And when they talk about keeping them in balance, it doesn't mean they're all equal. You know, you're not going to have sex make up a fifth of everything you do, but you know that they have to be in balance for for you. Yeah. To work.
0: Well, I guess I just was curious, like if it. If there was like legit, if you'd ever noticed anything like for real, you know, with people in their hearts and like, if they, you see failing heart, I guess that's stress. Like you mm-hmm. said, you know, it's just as simple as that. Did
1: you do mm-hmm. see the stress. I had a, a CPA and he was, I told him, Hey, you need a heart cap. And he didn't. And I remember on tax day. I was putting a stent in him. He had a heart attack, showed up at the hospital. Uh, They just put so much pressure on him around uh, tax season. They have that. You'll see it.
0: Oh my God. Quit that job. (laughs) Quit that job. Um, Well, I guess too, then as we, as we look back on everything that we've talked about too, one of the things that's important is for people to understand, you know, how to approach their health and what to ask people. Like you said, asking the right questions and being educated on that. And, can you just tell people like really practically, like, here's what to ask. Here's what to say.
1: Um, there's so much information out there now. If you have access to a computer and you're given a diagnosis. Now, we st- we get a little worried about medical Google because... Um, when you have information without knowledge, it can be dangerous to have the two. You don't. Know? Oh
0: my God, I've si- have yeah. self-diagnosed myself mm-hmm. many times.
1: <laughs> so, but it is if you you know you're given a diagnosis, you can look up and read about it. So that's an empowerment that a lot of people didn't have before mm-hmm. that uh, this generation has. You don't even have to get a computer; you just pull your phone out. Yeah, anything you want. I
2: I encourage my patients to read about it. I also encourage them to be um, leery of the vast amount of misinformation uh, available a lot of times on the internet. Someone is trying to sell you something, uh, and again, promising the world and and almost never being able to deliver. Um, But knowledge is power. So the more information you have, the the better it is as a patient. And the second thing I I tell patients is it's okay to say no to your doctor. Um, I don't want To take this medicine or ask why Uh, what happens if i do what happens if i don't what's my alternatives these are all questions that you really should ask uh, of everyone um, before you obligate yourself to any procedure or medication Um, and if it makes sense with the answer then then do it if it doesn't then don't get a second opinion if you have any doubts come see us
1: and if you're yeah if your physician's not willing to take the time To field your questions listening, you probably need to find a new physician. For sure. Because that's the most important thing. I mean, our jobs as physicians, we're not just pushing pills and doing things. It's to inform the patients about their healthcare risks, about their disease processes, and the different things that they can do. Not just the one
2: thing we think, but the different things they can do. I try to advocate as much as possible to try and get patients off of medications. Good. It's important.
0: It is important. Because... Cost and just health wise, right? do we have the capacity to heal? And so we
2: do. Um, short of fentanyl skewing things, uh, up until recently, we had almost as much complications and, and problems with prescription drugs as we do with illicit uh, drug use with regard to health adverse health benefits. So, um, just because it's prescribed doesn't necessarily mean that it's good for you.
0: I like that you just can say no because I think people are really scared to do that. You know,
2: But it's not about, I mean, I I don't want to just say that, you know, come in and we're going to tell you not to take your medicines. If you have high cholesterol, you may want to take a cholesterol medication because we'll finish telling you that the most likely cause of your demise in your lifetime is heart disease. And cholesterol is a big part of that. So you might want to take the drugs. But if there is a way for you to, to fix what got you there in the first place and not require it, that's always preferred. They're they're not mutually exclusive. Um, you can do both, and there are times where both are necessary. We have very healthy patients who do all the right things and still have bad problems. And those people are obligated, for the most part, to be on meds.
0: Yeah.
1: A lot of times you can okay. get yeah. lower blood pressure medications or take patients off them just by them losing weight. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Feel weight loss.
1: Mm-hmm. Weight loss again. <laughs> I said no going Full into circle. the doctor
0: once. I don't know a year ago or so to th- 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 being weighed. I was like, no, nah, I don't want it to do that. It happens today. more than you think. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize it was an option. And then I did it and they were like, oh, okay. Well, how much do you weigh?
2: A lot of patients. Like,
0: Holy shit.
2: Yeah. A lot of patients, <laughs> men and women don't want to, or if they are going to get weighed, they take their shoes off. They take their belts off. They take their That's cell phones me. off. I do that. You want to make sure that this is damn accurate.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm like, can we subtract from my implants yeah. and my hair extensions? So, uh, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm guilty.
2: We've been that. doing this for long enough that we've seen it all.
0: <laughs> you've seen it all. We've Seen it all. What's some of the most memorable stuff that you've seen?
2: Oh God, um, <laughs> yeah. With be careful here. Um, <laughs> one of
0: oh the, right, isn't there some <laughs> one of the that things that preview. probably
2: is? It is, is, is goes back to residency. He was my chief resident, and I remember that we were on a call one night, and we had a young lady have a cardiac arrest in, in the ICU and we did CPR on her for 45 minutes. Ooh, yeah, I remember that. <gasps> she she survived and walked out of the has, uh, out of the hospital was very thankful, but they had to have both breast implants re- removed and replaced cuz we had popped them both.
0: You popped both her implants whole?
2: Yeah. We kept her brain alive? You did. We kept her brain alive so so that was a small price to pay. That's
1: That was memorable. Of course, I told them the way you do chest compressions is like this, not like
0: this. <laughs> I know. I was <laughs> so, kind of like, huh, uh, where's that? Do huh? you remember
1: the script?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was unfortunate. That the, the- she was very thankful. Uh, I mean, you, you get brain damage in three minutes. So to, to go 45 minutes with CPR and be able to walk out of the hospital.
0: No, that's amazing.
2: Mm -hmm. We we had another uh, young, another case that I completely remember It was this young man who was deaf, was walking down the street and a drunk driver ran him over uh, and he developed necrotizing fasciitis, which is uh, infection of the skin. And I am not kidding you when I tell you that the surgeons flayed him from neck to ankle. Every bit of his skin was flayed off to allow the the infection to clear. So for months, we would rub antibiotics directly on his muscles. For months exactly. and, then, and then put him back together. He survived yeah. remarkably. We yeah. had
1: a raft that was under the bed. So when you were spraying to clean him, which was terrible, all of the stuff would run off on under the bed into the raft. He yeah. was there for months. Was but he awful. did great. Okay.
0: That sounds so painful.
1: Uh, I, I, can, I can only imagine. I can and, only imagine. And it was a teenage drunk driver, too. Not even old enough to
0: drive. Oh my God. I
1: hit him on the sidewalk.
2: Oh. That's great. Ren has given me the evil eye. Why? I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. I like hearing these stories. What are some of the ones that are like the most heartwarming for you?
1: I like the one a guy came in and he had uh had a heart attack, we figured out, and he uh lost what's called a papillary muscle. So he was one of his valves wasn't working right in his heart, and he was going into failure, and they took him in and he was lucky to survive everything. He's a older gentleman, and uh he went ahead and uh they said, Hey, what do you like? A bottle of wine or and I said, No, I don't want anything. I said, What I want you to do is give me a picture of him when he's back on the golf course playing. Yeah. And the wife came by one day and she bought the picture of uh, her husband. He was out on the golf course waving and stuff and they said, Thank you for it. So it's it's nice to see things like that. And there are there are good stories that you
2: that fathers you walking to. daughters down the aisle. Yeah wow, that's, that's a good one too. Well, I'm I- sure
0: you have to hold on to those. We do. Because there's yeah. so many, you know
2: I had one wow. lady who was very
1: interesting. I went in, this is when we were in Arizona, and um she had a terminal cancer diagnosis uh, from ring cell, and, and she was going to die, and she was in the room, and she was really upbeat, and she was laughing and talking with her uh two daughters that were in there and husband and everything. And uh, I found out her daughter's actually graduated from North Carolina State University, where I did, and I'm like, hey, wow, we graduated at the same time. And, and I asked her finally, I go, you know, you so upbeat and i go where do you is this uh, spiritual where do you get this from she goes um 18 years earlier she had had uh, after the birth of her daughters or 20 years earlier after the birth of her daughters uh, the when she went in to have um her uh, tubes tied taken out and everything she had a, a a uterus removed, Uh, the doctor was smart enough to realize there was something going on in the posterior area, and they diagnosed her at that time with renal cell carcinoma, but they got the kidney out, what they thought was plenty of time, and she did fine. She goes, I got to watch my two daughters grow up, go to college, everything. She goes, there's nothing I have to complain about. She goes, I was given 20-some years extra life that I wouldn't have gotten had it not been for that. And she goes, why would I? you know, turn my nose up at a gift like that. Mm -hmm. So, so I was like, you you see people, it made me feel like a a terrible human being because they, you see when they're at at the worst thing they have to deal with, you can see the worst in people, but you can also see the best in people. And I go, man, I hope I'm that person when the time comes Mm -hmm. that I can see the good in things and not the bad.
0: Yeah. I was just thinking while you were saying that I was like thinking to ask you guys, do you feel hopeful? You know, do you feel hopeful about humans and everything that's going on in this country and health and all of it? Or do you get kind of, I mean, do you have to cling to those stories sometimes just to feel hopeful? How do you feel?
2: Challenging times. Um, People are divided. um, And a lot of times you, you see humanity having lost its humanity and compassion towards other people.
0: Um, especially if you're saying that the almighty dollar is the thing that's ruling a lot of doctors and,
2: but then you see, then you see examples of people who aren't like that. And that brings you back. Um, we had a great example in the office about a month back. We had a a young lady who was checking out and (coughs) our receptionist told her that she had a balance and she said that she didn't have the money to pay. So the guy behind her said, I'll, I'll, I'll pay it and paid off the full balance.
0: Whoa.
2: Mm -hmm. How much was it? 200 bucks. That's nice. I was blown away.
0: Yeah.
2: That was a day when I'm like, you know what? There are still good people in this world.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. And there are 100%. Absolutely. Without question. Yes.
2: Uh, I I, I hope it's, um, we can go back to where where, where there's less um, division, but, you know, they're still good. I
1: mean, we don't agree on anything. We get along. So (laughs) if we can get along, anyone can get along. (laughs)
2: It involves a lot of bourbon,
0: but yeah. (laughs) Teach them to drink on. What about you with Hope?
1: Yeah, I see it. I see it every day and and people that come in and, uh, you know, salt of the earth, people that they're just trying to, you know, raise their kids. And there are really a lot of good people out there. I mean, I think that we let a small percentage of people uh, that, you know, were angry or they may have problems, uh, rightfully so uh you know, shade everything. It's like they say, a little bit of blood and, and water makes it look really bad. But for the most part, it's still water. And I see, I tend to see that. I see they're awesome people. I love talking to my patients because they, you learn so much. I mean, especially the older patients. I had one lady I was talking to 20 years ago. She was 97, ran a ranch. And I was like, you were alive when the Titanic went down. She was eight. And And she goes, oh yeah. I remember that. She was there for World War One, World War II, the Korean War, Vietnam War. So you learn a lot. And she was sharp at 97. So you just talk to people and listen to them. Well, that's what you do for a living. Yeah. That's so great. And
0: yeah.
2: and it's it's great. That gives you hope.
0: It does give you hope.
2: Uh, our job um, has its ups and downs, right? Mm-hmm. And there are days where, where despite your best efforts, you lose patience. And there are days where you bringing them back from, from the the clutches of death. And, and, you know, I've had friends ask, well, how do you deal with the death? And, and it hurts, but you learn to turn it off and you have to, because you can do that with one, you can do that with five. You can't do that with 50 to bring it inside and, 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 you know, internalize it. So it's a coping mechanism, but you learn to deal with that and you celebrate the successes. Um, one of the, again, one of the things I do in the practice a lot is I try to t- encourage people to understand that it's not about the here and now it's about the path we're putting you on about what happens in the next 10, 20 or 30 years. The seeds you sow today are, are going to reap the rewards or problems you have five or 10 years from now. You decide what you want to do. I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm just here to help. Yes, we're the Sherpas yeah. of health. <laughs> <laughs> we are guiding you. That's
1: the only thing that we can really do
2: so
0: you can't do it for us
2: nope Nope. Mm
0: -mm. neither can Mm -mm. a drug
2: nope no magic drug no magic diet no magic exercise no magic pill
0: i want magic i know know. don't we all and the magic Mm -hmm. is unfortunately very slow moving and we have to do it ourselves
2: if you find that magic let me know (laughs) we'll put it in a pill oh wait they did that already it's all viagra (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) that's right well um what do you want to, what do you want people to remember as you leave today? Like what, if you have to, you know, reiterate one thing or just say something in closing or I don't know, just leave with a thought, what would that be?
1: I'd so, say, um, one of the things that we discussed earlier is take control of your health. Yep. I mean, the only thing you have control of in this entire world is yeah. your behavior. That's it. only thing You have no control over anything else. So if you take control of it and you take responsibility of it, you're going to actually have the best outcomes you can have. Um, find people along the way that are willing to, to guide you and help you through that. But ultimately, the first decision is that you're going to take control.
0: Yeah.
2: All fails come see us. We'll take care of you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, we're in a world where we can't control a lot of stuff. Nope anything really we can't control anything but we can control just that just ourselves just our behavior and um how much we sleep and what we eat and what (laughs) we're putting in our bodies and it's so easy to neglect so
1: now you uh have a narcolepsy is that why you're asleep what narcolepsy
0: is that why i like sleep so much (laughs) yes no (laughs) i have a friend who's narcoleptic though Uh, and uh wow that's a trip that's a whole nother thing. So no, I'm just, I just think it's like super healing. And that's like the, that's like a key to it. That's a key to a happier life for me.
2: Sleep is like porridge. You have to have just enough. Not too much, not, not too, too much. little.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. I nailed it last night. I feel great today. Mm-hmm. Somehow. Everyone's
2: oh, different. Some people need six. Some people need seven. Some people need eight. Some people need nine. Everyone's different.
0: Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but there's no catching up. Like uh, once you, uh, if you lose sleep, you can't catch up on it. You just have to try and get your sleep back he, to normal. Chua. He
2: mentioned earlier, you know we, we start life as children and we sort of end life as children. Um, sleep hygiene, which is being very regimented with your sleep cycle is very important um, beyond a certain age. You will find that um, in your teens and 20s if, if, if your sleep was interrupted within moments of that interruption you were sound asleep again as you get beyond 50, uh, it may take you hours, if at all, that you can get back to sleep. So sleep hygiene basically says, go to bed the same day every day, wake up the same day every day, try not to watch TV or read a book in bed, minimize things that would interrupt you. So don't drink a whole lot of water late in the evening, don't use caffeine after lunch, anything that would interrupt your sleep because sleep hygiene is really important. Alcohol. Alcohol is notorious for, for you'll fall asleep or pass out, but then you'll wake up several hours later with just a disturbed sleep cycle. Um, so, real important for the, for that. Um, I do all that. We do all. I'm we all a do. Lunatic.
0: We're, about we're that. all gluttons for,
2: for you know gluttons for punishment. But
0: it's that alcohol one that people really are like, damn it!
1: It knocks you out of REM. So I know. You know yeah.
0: mm-hmm. I know. It takes away your REM sleep, and then mm-hmm, and then yeah. you're. You're screwed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so well, good. Anything else you want to add before we go?
2: Oh, I've said too much already.
0: No, you have mm-hmm. not. Say mm-hmm. more. I R- like it.
2: Renna's giving me the look again.
0: <laughs> oh, Rana, thank you for um, you know, facilitating this and having them come on. I'm so grateful and just so grateful for your expertise and all that you share. And um, and I just want people to ask the right questions and stand up for their own health as we move forward.
2: Be proactive rather than reactive.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs>
2: Maybe that's that's the takeaway from today.
0: Be proactive rather than reactive. And would you just uh also share with everyone how they can find you?
2: Uh our office is is yes. Heart Endovascular and Rhythm of Texas. We have offices in the South Austin, in uh, Lakeway, and in Dripping Springs. Mm-hmm. Um we have a Facebook page, we have a website. Um mm-hmm.
0: You think Instagram. we're forgetting?
2: What are we forgetting?
0: Say the website. <laughs> say the website. Yes. You say it. it. What is it? heart.doc.care. Dot, Heart dot care. There you right. go. See, we care. We're we do care. care. Of course you do. That's why you're here. That's why you showed up to share your voice for the first podcast ever, and I'm honored that it was here. Well, appreciate being here. Um,
2: Thanks for having us. Yes, they We are happy change. to share, uh, 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 me, maybe to a fault, I'm happy to share what I've learned over the last 17 years about the healthcare industry. And and if anyone has questions, just ask, because you'd be surprised the answers may be much more complicated than you think.
0: That doesn't surprise me, unfortunately. No, I'm expecting complicated answers now, and that's that's a, that's very unfortunate, right? <laughs> but uh, but at least ask. Don't get mm-hmm. it over-intimidated Correct. probably by the complications. Correct. Just at least dive in and try because that's what we're all trying to do. Don't, let, don't And don't let yourself get too stressed out doing it. <laughs> Your heart Twinkies made. and bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you're resorting to that. So thank you so much <laughs> to both of you. you I am it. super grateful for both of you uh, for showing up today. So thank you so much. All right. Huge thanks to the doctors for showing up today. Dr. Nima Amjadi, Dr. Charles Bailey. So grateful to them. Remember that you can find them at heartdoc.care if you want to check out what they're doing here in Austin, you know, or if you want to do a stress test like I did, you totally can. Um I'm really grateful for that. Remember that you can find it on my Instagram at realamyedwards. Um let's see. Also, you know, just remember what I said in the intro about what are you committed to? And is it your health? Is it Well, I mean, we're committed to a lot of different things, right? But it's good to just have that little food for thought like Think about what you're committed to and just spend a little bit of time visiting that, just re-upping that, re-upping our commitment, freshening it up in our minds so it's top of mind. I think that's really cool. All right. So uh, in closing today, I just want to remind you to rate, review, subscribe. All that stuff really matters. And do in the reviews, tell us who your favorite guests have been. I'm very curious about that. And what really spoke to you? I love to know. And I read them. I do and I'm so grateful if you've written one thank you so much so so grateful I'm just grateful to be here and another thing I'm grateful for is the fact that Justin Wren uh, my significant other has his podcast up now and it is called Overcome with Justin Wren it's right here at Hot Pie recorded in these very studios and it, it is so so good and meaningful and funny and I am the producer on it so I'm so excited to be part of that team and be bringing more good stuff out into the world. So check his out when you can. It's probably in my show notes too. So, um, just so grateful that we're all here. Thank you, Colton. Thank you, G. Thank you, everybody that sat in today and helped out on this episode. Thank you, Rana, for putting it together too. And thank you for being here. Thank yourself for being here. You know what? The fact that you're here shows that you're committed to just showing up for yourself. And that is really, 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 really crucial and beautiful. So tell yourself, I love you and give yourself a pat on the back for doing this for you. Cause that's admirable. It's really, really good. It's putting good stuff into ourselves and that's going to level us up in every way. Thank you so much for being here. Remember that you can Find me at really Amy Edwards on Instagram. I'm at the Magic Babe on TikTok. And uh you can sign up for the newsletter at amyedwards.com or catch up on anything that you want to catch up on there. All right, I love you so much, so much. You're a total rock star. Don't ever forget that. You're committed, you are bettering yourself, and you're showing up. Because here you are. <laughs> here we are together. So until we meet again, here's wishing you just love and light, health, heart health, wealth, beauty, abundance, success, authenticity, everything. Everything, all the good stuff just heaping onto you. All right, till next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this show, please rate and review. It totally matters. And I encourage you to spread the love too and share this episode with a friend if you feel called.